Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today, guys. You're going to love our guest. And if you are into the outdoors, you have hit a home run today in joining the ContenderCast. On the podcast today is Chad Belding. Chad, it's so great to have you on the podcast. I truly appreciate it, man. I'm excited for it, and thank you very much for having us on. I am so excited that you are here. Um, For those of you that may have thought, wait a second, I've heard that name before. Or some of you are like, oh my God, I know this guy. Exactly. He is in the 12th season, right? Plus on the a show called The Foul Life, like F-O-W-L Life on the Outdoor Channel. Um, he's got his own brand products. I mean, you, you guys are going to love this conversation today. Um, expert in the whole outdoor space. So Chad, it's so great having you on. Um, what I'd love to do first, though, is share with our audience a little bit about if your upbringing and your background that got you into the whole outdoors world. Yeah, no problem. I was, uh, have two brothers, Clinton Clay and my dad. Um, my mom was very supportive, of, even though she was outnumbered with, uh, with uh, four males in the family. You know, we were into the wrestling and the boxing and the baseball and all of the sports that you could probably fit into a lifespan. And they were, you know, always busy driving us around and getting us to our practices and our games and our tournaments. And the other part of our life was the outdoors, hunting and fishing. And obviously a lot of that revolved around dad, mom. Um, you know, she, she was there for the meals and the cooking and all of the preparation of the wild game. But as far as like growing up, we were, we were a, a man's family in a way. My mom's a nurse practitioner and she was busy with her career. And um, we just kept, we were with my dad a bunch in the mountains and, and a lot of camping trips, a lot of hunting excursions, fishing trips. And I, I kind of cut my teeth in the mountains of Nevada, you know, following in my dad's footsteps of chasing mule deer, chasing chucker partridge and <laughs> antelope and sheep. And um, it kind of just evolved into, um, uh, it, it, it brought me that, that part of, uh, of my life to where I love living off the land. My dad taught us that we would be hunters and fishermen and gatherers and providers, and we would learn to butcher and process and prepare and eat the game that we were harvesting. And he taught us the ethics and the morals and how it was truly a blessing and a privilege to be a hunter. And it's not an entitlement. So we're not entitled to this lifestyle. And he wanted us to, to support and promote and fly the flag of the American outdoorsman and hunter fisher in the right light. So I learned that at an early age. And uh, at the same time, I was developing a, a really competitive attitude and, 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 and outlook in life through sports. And I, um, I was lucky enough to get a college baseball scholarship. I saw and that division one, right? D one. Yeah. Awesome. Division one at UNLV. My brother Clay played at UNLV and my brother Clint ended up uh, going to, to, um, Kansas. And then, uh, Georgia, Savannah, Georgia for his baseball career. And then he ended up getting a master's degree in physical therapy and graduating first in his class at UNLV. So I think that competitive nature and living off the land really got me to where once I started my professional career and I graduated college, I was, I kind of already had that entrepreneurial spirit ingrained in me. I thought of, of, you know, going out on my own and trying different things. It didn't start in the hunting world. I mean, my, my, after my baseball career, I, I, I jumped into several different businesses and, and we can get into those if you want. Yeah, but yeah I think that that. my upbringing, living off, the, living off the land and, uh, 
and being competitive is kind of where I'm at today. And, and I owe a lot of that to my early age. That's so awesome. Yeah. I saw that you played baseball. Um, and then I, I, I saw that you also got involved in competitive duck and goose calling in the late nineties. Like, how do you get involved in that? Like what? I, and then how does that work? I mean, I'm not an expert. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to say, so I'm curious. Yeah, it's a, once that baseball career ended, I, I wanted to keep that competitive edge. And I, I was average at best, man. I was an average, average <laughs> duck call. I was a little bit better on a short read goose call, but I just liked, I liked the idea of the culture of what I was getting ready to embark on. And it was traveling all over Canada and North America. And the, there's these contests are set up to where um, they have them in Turkey calling and elk calling and all kinds of different wild game calling. And ducks and geese is what I wanted to be proficient in. That's what my passion was for. And there's five judges and you get, you draw a pill, you get up on stage, the judges can't see you. They're behind a curtain and you have different kinds of routines, depending on what kind of contest it is. And there's, there's regional championships. There's world championships, like the world oh ducks in Stuttgart, Arkansas. Oh I had no idea. The, the world goose. <laughs> yeah. The world goose is in Maryland. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I I won some, I lost way more than I won, but what I was doing was I was building my network in the hunting industry that would kind of catapult me into the businesses that we would end up starting. Um, but yeah, it's a, it was a heck of a time of getting to know people and really understanding the vocalizations and the jargon, if you will, of, of wild animals and how they speak and how they, how they talk and how they communicate amongst themselves. And that's what I take a lot of pride in is I want to, I want to look like animals. I want to move like animals. I want to speak like animals and I want to get them as close as I can when I harvest them. So there's no chance of suffering. And that's what that competition duck and goose calling helped me get, get started on. Wow. That is so cool. Um, fast forwarding a bit in 2008, you founded banded a video production merchandising company that specializes in waterfowl hunting gear and accessories. How did you decide to start the business? And, and I'm guessing a lot of that was cause you were already around it, but how did you decide, you know what, I'm going to start my own business in this base yeah it goes back to when i got out of college man the first business i ever got involved in was portable toilets i owned a portable <laughs> toilet company and no and uh and and worked in the special events and the construction and the road work and all of that and i um i kind of had it pretty good because that would slow down in the fall giving me a chance to hunt and i was getting asked to appear on a bunch of dvd series and a bunch of different tv shows and one of those TV shows was Ducks Unlimited Water Dog, and they came out west to film with me in Oregon, Idaho, and Nevada in 2006. And the producer of that show, about a month later, asked me if I'd be interested in doing a show around my personality. And I jumped at the opportunity, and um, we started going, putting this business plan together for this show that would become The Foul Life. Sure. And one thing led to another, and the producer's mom uh, the production company in Tulsa, Oklahoma, his mom ended up getting ill and going to the Mayo clinic. And he called me and said he couldn't continue down the path of that project. And I asked him if he minded, if I did it myself. And I was sitting in my toilet office when I asked him that. <laughs> and, uh, that, that sounded weird. And, um, <laughs> I just, I had, I had this big duck mount in there that, that had nine green headed mallard ducks coming through Arkansas flooded timber on a pedestal mount. And the name of that band was, or that mount was Strike Up the Band. And I said, I'm going to try to name a company Bandit. And I called my intellectual property attorney and he went to work with the USPT and the Patent and Trademark Office. And he got me that registered. And, and I couldn't believe we got a, a, the name Bandit. That's crazy. Uh, we started with the TV production company and that evolved into a duck and goose call company back in the day. And then a apparel company called Bandit Gear. 
And then we went and seeked bigger capital and um, we ended up getting the company to where it is now through the help of um, just great leaders, a great board of directors, a great uh, uh, guy named Brandon Adams that really spearheaded the investment part of it and taken Banded to the next level. And that's what you see now. We have over 4,000 SKUs and products and everything from waders to, to apparel for men, women, and kids, to hunting accessories and decoys and you name it, we build it for waterfowl and turkey hunting. And we have offices in Arkansas and Memphis, Tennessee for wow. that company. And um, so that's how Bandy got started. It started as a TV production company and we still have the TV production part of it. We're in a season 13 that gets ready to air on the outdoor channel on July 2nd this year. Wow. Benelli shotguns is our title sponsor. And we work with the, the who's who and, and uh, the hunting industry and, and a lot of non-endemic companies like Traeger grills and Dick Pack tires and Jack Daniels, Tennessee whiskey is a big partner of ours. So <laughs> nice. we've kind of, re- we, we, we kind of diversified out into areas that, that, Hey, you know, people that watch our show are spending their hard earned money on products that are not, you know, closely related to what we do. So like Jack Daniels know that hunters drink whiskey and we know we buy tires and we know that we cook on grills. So we've tried to set ourselves apart and, and not just concentrate on, on working with just, you know, products or brands that are closely tied to the hunting sector, the fishing sector. And we, we, we got a heck of a group of partners and that's allowed us to, to diversify out into developing our jargon duck call line that's out of arkansas we we just launched a new brand called the provider that's dry rubs and we have a national publishing deal with ben bella books and our first cookbook will will launch on uh, november 9th of this year so a lot of, we got a lot of irons in the fires and a, uh, a lot of balls in the air and we have a heck of a team that that keeps it all going but it, it all started just you know with kind of that passion and that vision to to build a product or build a service that we had that we had a lot of love for. And we, we had a lot of, uh, experience. We, we, we were hunting with these products and before we put them to go to market with them, we would make sure that they had our approval on them. And it's, it's helped us vault banded in, into what it's become. And, and now we're trying to do that with several other brands and the TV show, the foul life is kind of the push, you know, the, the marketing arm of that, Absolutely. that helps us push that to a large, a large TV audience. So that's kind of a long winded answer. <laughs> I love it. It's a lot of, a lot of different, <laughs> A lot of different brands wrapped into one. Man, you covered like everything for me without me having to ask. Um, uh, so I have to ask, early in the early days when you were launching the Foul Life, did you already know it was going to be successful or was it so new that it was like, hey, we'll see how this goes? Like, what did that look like? Because that was before you had all the product line and merchandising and sponsors and all that. Like, what did it look like at the beginning? It's hard, man. It's it's. It, it, especially like today, you see, there's like, everybody has an Instagram, everybody has a YouTube channel, totally. everybody is a, everybody's a, a, an influencer and a producer and everybody's happy, you know, and it's, uh, it, back then in 2007, eight, when we were starting the TV production company, you had to grind, man. You, there was a lot of people fighting for those dollars of the hunting companies that were looking to advertise in the space. And, and I wanted to set it apart. I wanted to create a lifestyle show of, personality, music, location, cooking, military, athletics, singers, songwriters. I wanted to bring all of these people that I was developing this network in that, that shared that love of the outdoors and hunting was the common denominator that brought all these walks of life 
together. And, and you think that you put TV show on the air, oh, everybody's going to watch it. Well, right. it's just like any other brand. You got to keep building it and you got to build that audience. You got to develop credibility with that audience and that potential customer base or that in consumer to, to go move the needle and buy the gun you're using or the ammo you're using or the boat you're in or the UTV. And we just stuck with it. We kept telling good stories. Uh, I'm talking awesome stories of military and St. Jude's and Ronald McDonald House and, and and veterans that have that have been injured in war and active duty special forces that we hunt with and musicians and Zach Brown's kid camp at Southern Ground in Georgia and autism and so we just wanted to show that the heart of a hunter and hunting has a much bigger reach than just pulling the trigger and seeing an animal die. The, there's a lot of compassion that goes into it and a lot of science and a lot of research and a lot of evidence of what hunting does for wildlife populations. So we were always unapologetic about it, but that TV show was to show this is what we do and it's not about boom, boom, bang, 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 just watching animals die. I wanted to say this is an all-encompassing lifestyle from living off the land, working with farmers, planting, you know, putting the food in the dirt, and then watching that sustainability fully engulfed in, 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 in 360 divide, 365 degrees, all-encompassing approach to this life. And when I put it on the air in 2008, we started getting inundated with emails and direct wow. messages. What duck call are you blowing? Oh, what duck call are you blowing? What boat are you driving? So I, I, I learned fast that uh, that the money wasn't going to be in having a TV show. The money was going to be in product. So that's what vaulted us to start developing our own line of gear and our own line of duck calls and all of the things that you see us, you know, developing now as far as our brands go. Um, we, I, I wanted to, I wanted to be different. I wanted to keep that good production, high quality production and telling good stories and TV. But I also wanted to be having businesses on the back end that could really benefit from that marketing arm of TV production that soon turned in to social media. And now we have three national podcasts, right. five page for everybody, <laughs> the foul awesome. life and where the payment ends. And so it just kind of keeps diversifying and we keep trying to, to be a platform that is all encompassing for all of these companies to work with us on. And, you know, how have you thought about it from your own personal brand perspective, as well as the like the product brand? Like, how, how have you thought about that? You know what I mean? From a strategy perspective, because you're really the engine behind it. But at the same time, you've got branded products that you're you're developing and launching. Yeah, it was a weird deal, man, because it's you, you're standing there at a show and you have a kid come up and he wants you to sign a hat. And you're like, man, it's, <laughs> that's, that's just weird, right? That's it's just awesome. weird that I'm a duck hunter. And <laughs> right. I've, I've, been around, I've been around the rock stars of the industry, the Michael Waddells and the Jim Shockeys and the Ted Nugents. And I've seen what this lifestyle means to people. And it just continued to get bigger and bigger. The lines would get longer and longer to meet us and get us to sign a hat or to have us blow a duck call for somebody and then sell them that duck call, then <laughs> sign funny. that duck call. And so, but I, I never, I always had the mindset that I was never bigger than the brands. This was always about the brands. So I've, I've traveled hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles to work consumer shows and trade shows and stand in booths and, uh, you know, give seminars and speaking engagements. And I've done so many speaking engagements and visited military bases and visited master programs on college campuses to talk about the entrepreneurial spirit of America and what it means to have it. And when do you know you have it? And how do you mature that and grow that spirit? And how, how do you 
develop a brand and how do you totally. nurture that brand and how does, and how does that brand survive on a national basis? Cause they say only like 2% of them survive the infancy stage of, of the brand of the brand model. So I just always wanted to keep pushing and, and be passionate. When I spoke to somebody, I wanted them to know like, man, he loves what he does. He doesn't take it for granted. He's humbled and blessed to be doing this. And, and it, it gets tiresome because I could find something to do every minute of the day. Like I just came <laughs> off of a 15 day run in the South and Southeast chasing turkeys and uh, going to Lynchburg, Tennessee and working with Jack Daniels. And I was in Nashville and having meetings there and doing podcasts with country music artists. And so you can always find something to do, but I'm trying to find more balance of, yeah, I want to be the face of the brands, but I also want to be a businessman behind the scenes that totally. drives these brands. I want to, I want to, I want to keep it's all about your team. It's all about surrounding yourselves with that optimistic, that positive attitude, that right mental attitude and that focus forward and people that believe in it. You want to, you want to have those allies that believe in what you're doing, that take ownership in what you're doing. And the next thing you know, you look at all of these people across the country that are wearing bandit or cooking with the provider or shooting a Benelli shotgun or listening to our music playlist and watching the foul life on TV. I mean, we have over, we have almost 40 tattoos. I've never asked anybody to get a foul life tattoo, <laughs> but we have almost 40 fans now that, that have got ink with our foul life logo on it. So wow. that, that stuff That's is major. crazy to me. So <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's major. And it's, uh, so yeah, like I, you know, you, you the first pers personally, I'm blown away that it's all went the way it did. It's like every day people are like, you're living the dream. And I can't sit there and go, oh, no, so are you. I, I, I want them to understand that I don't take this lightly. I don't take it for granted. And I got to pinch myself a lot because it's uh, every day is like, wow, man, this is really happening. But there was a lot of hard work that goes into it. And that's totally. the thing that if you are, if you are going to be an entrepreneur, there's no time clock. There's no clocking in and clocking out. There's, there's no days off. There's no, you know, I don't know how many times I've woke up at two in the morning thinking, oh, I'll go right back to sleep. And all of a sudden, four hours later, 6 a.m., I'm still taking notes and coming up with an idea to launch a brand or to have, have, have an idea of who I want to get as a guest on the podcast or it just, totally. it's never ending, man. It, it engulfs, it engulfs you and finding that balance is key. And that's what I'm trying to do better in my life at this point. I love it. So I, I mean, that's so well said. Um, what about new ideas? How, how do they come to you or do you, do you have partners that bring those to you? So like when you think about the next product that you might put into your portfolio or like, how do those come to you or, or do you get a lot and you have to go through them and say, you know, I like none of these except for this one. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, depending on what brand you would be talking about, you know, there's product development in all aspects of it before GTM and going to market with anything. So um, on Bandit, I've been a part of a lot of, you know, like if it was a pair of bibs and I had an idea for, well, I like, if, if, you know, for the butt or the knees, I want these kind of pads. I want this kind of suspenders. I want this kind of belt, this kind of hand warmer pocket. You're in the field and you might be sitting there and you'll be like, I wonder if I have this right now, it would make this hunt better. And, and we're, we're living in the glory days of hunting because technology and insulation and all of the fabrics that we can choose from, we're developing garments, you know, like, like mountain climbers would wear, you know, somebody that's climbing Everest, we're now hunting in that kind of garment. So women and kids and, and newbies, they could be rest assured that 
they can stay warm, they can stay dry, they can stay comfortable for longer hours. And then other brands, um, you know, with Banded, we have designers like Eric Larsgaard and Christian Curtis that are geniuses when it comes to modifications and picking out fabrics and cuts and the different technologies, whether it's windproof or rainproof or waterproof or tearproof, working with the camouflage companies and the licensing agreements to make sure we have the right patterns in the right places on our garments, our bags, our blinds, whatever product we're talking about. It's a team effort. And then when you do go to market, now it's like, okay, we're on the shelves. Now that retailer is like, this product better sell. So now it becomes sales and marketing and public relations totally. and, and brand awareness. Oh. And so it's just so many moving parts. And then with duck calls, you know, you were like, well, I want a duck call that sounds like this. I want one that's this long. I want one that's this color. There's all these different acrylics and woods and polycarbonates and injection molded. And then there's goose calls and then there's turkey calls. And uh, so I'm always thinking like, well, what if we get into this? How can we develop credibility? Not instant. We want to earn it. But how can we develop credibility if we come out with a line of turkey calls someday? Or in the cooking area, I'm, I'm so passionate about everybody being good cooks or what I call backyard aficionados with Traeger grills, a monkey can make a brisket taste like a world-class barbecue. <laughs> pitmaster. So true. I'm not taking anything away. I'm not taking away anything from an, uh, a world champion pitmaster like Chad Ward or Matt Pittman or a lot of the awesome uh, pitmasters out there. But man, I've made some awesome meals on Traeger. So I was like, I could take ducks and geese and moose and deer and halibut and all these wild games. And I started thinking about all the flavor profiles that my dad taught me or my uncle taught me or my friends taught me when I was in the mountains. So I got with a, a friend, a, a friend of mine that, that has a lot of knowledge and expertise in mixology and dry rubs and marinades and sauces. And that's what I'm doing now. The provider is a, uh, we launched today. Oh, wow. uh, we very, went to very market cool. with Kit. But at theproviderlife.com, you can see our line of dry rubs that they're very specified and they are so good. And they took 10 months to develop. Um, like I said, our provider cookbook launches on uh, November 9th. My brother Clay and Clint and myself and uh, are teamed up. Oh, with Chad, very cool. Uh, Chad I like it. Great packaging, Chad, too. Chad. Yeah, and Chad Mendez, our partner, is a UFC superstar and uh, he, he's got a great audience and a great following. But so, anyway, yeah, so with that, it was just like, man, I, I want to develop a line of cooking products. And I don't know where that's going to end. We're starting with dry rubs. We got a cookbook coming out that's 264 pages, 80 recipes. It's nine inches by 12 inches, hard hardback coffee table style book with unbelievable photography. And I think people are going to love it. So, um, you know, it's all kinds of stuff that we're, we're talking about here. We're, we're now in the beef market. We have our own line of spheres that we're raising on a proprietary blend of food and we're selling a high end, uh, it's called American almond beef. And, um, it's at AmericanAlmondBeef.com, And we're, we're out of California where almonds are very proficient. The almond health craze is out there. So we're like, wonder what it would do with cattle and the cattle love it. The spheres love it. So now we're in the beef industry. So like I said, it's, it's never ending. It just depends on how much you want to take on and how legitimate you can stay with, with, you know, without getting too ran down or too spread out. You got to have the right team, like I said. So wow. I don't know where it's going to end, but we're having a lot of fun. <laughs> I doing think that's it. awesome. Yeah, I love this. I can even win um, a trip with you guys. Two days guided fishing in Florida with you guys. That would be amazing. Do some tarpon fishing. Oh my god, that'd be up my alley, by the way. Um, man, this yeah, is cool. Hard. Very that's very hard, cool. That's a hard fish to catch. 
right? <laughs> it is. Um, this is awesome. So, uh, you know, you've got so many things going on. Um, you've you've had your hands in a lot of different opportunities. Like, if you were to pick a piece of advice or two, and you've offered so much already, but for the entrepreneurs that are listening that are, you know, they've got an idea and they're trying to get it started, what would be something you'd offer to them in terms of a recommendation? For a brand? Yeah, new brand. They got a concept. Maybe they're early stages. Like, what are the what are some of the things you learned early days of of, of getting launched that were keys to success? Yeah, some of the things I would say is protection. I um, the investment part of things is so important. You always hear it like you got to have money to make money, and I, I I believe in that to a point to where if you have some money in the beginning, make sure that you spend it on the places that count that are going to protect you, whether it's trademarking, registrations, copyright, patents. I think that intellectual property is so key and not just key. It's so valuable when it comes to the valuations of a company. And if you're protected and if you own all of your IP or intellectual property, that's step one is if you have an idea, don't go out there and think that somebody's going to, you know, it might be your best friend and that's cool. It might be somebody else, but protect yourself with written agreements and non-disclosures, NDIs, and make sure that you are protected to where if you do launch that product or that brand, do it right. Do it to where you do your research, your due diligence, and make sure that whether it's the name of your company or a product, you know, you watch the Shark Tank and those guys are so keen. They've got so much experience and they would tell you that intellectual property is one of the first questions they ask. Well, are you protected? Do you own all all of, this, all of the, the rights to this brand or this product or this SKU or whatever and to protect yourself? And then it's about the passion and how, how far are you willing to go with it? Because every single thing that you're going to encounter during your your early stages and even your midterm and your, in your later life of being an entrepreneur, in my opinion, I'm in my forties now and I take risks every single day. And I looked at it like no fear. I'm going for it. A lot of people think about IRAs and retirement and, and, and 401ks. And I get that you have to be protected. You have to make sure your family's taken care of, but you got to understand that if you're going to do this, it's a risk. It could fall apart tomorrow and you got to have a, a, a plan B. You got to have something to fall back on. So I, I think of it as you can't be scared. You can't tiptoe around it. If you're going to go at it, go at it full bore. And I'm not saying you got to quit your day job tomorrow. It might come to that if your brand sure. takes off, but it's going to be a lot of hours and it's going to be a lot of risk. It's going to be a lot of reward, a lot of fulfillment, but there's a lot of scary times. And I don't want to sugarcoat that of, there's times where you're not taking the draw. You're not getting a paycheck. You can't make payroll sometimes. And, and, and that's just reality. So you can go and get an SBE loan. You could go to a, a capital investment firm and try to sell them your plan. You could try to get private money. You could get, you could get, you know, bank money, a loan or whatever. It's all a risk. And it's, can you sell that idea? How much equity are you going to be willing to give up in that brand? Just a lot of things to think of, man, because it's hard to get to the end line or the end game without, the money in the bank to make the right moves. And I've learned that, that I want to, I want to, I want to be able to leverage myself of like, if I'm making some money over here, I'm not going to just go on a vacation. I'm going to take it and I'm going to reinvest it back into this company. And that might be in a marketing program that might, like I, I take a huge amount of pro, uh, pride in our public relations and our marketing. And we spend a lot of money to stay relevant. And I think that there's just little things like that that you need to think of. That every day, you're going to be confronted with risks. And you have to be able to tell yourself, I'm going all in. I'm going to do my due diligence. And I'm going to do this right. 
but I'm never going to be scared because I, I'm an entrepreneur and I might not have a 401k. I'm betting on myself and my retirement's going to be the money that I make when I sell this monster 20, 25 years down the road or sell part of it or hand it off to my kids as a generational businesses. All of that stuff you're going to be faced with every day and a lot of decisions that you're going to have to educate yourself on. <laughs> Dude, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, I love your energy, your enthusiasm. I love the all-in everyday thing. That's kind of one of my mantras. Um, and I'm excited for what you've got going on. I mean, there's it's just a lot of excitement and energy around the things you're working on. Uh, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, follow you, all find your products, etc. Our website, our main website is thefowllife.com, and you can find... Everything will be branched off of that. But we have um, our podcasts are on all of the different outlets. We're on YouTube. Uh, this Life Ain't For Everybody is um, we're at about 240 episodes on that. We're at about awesome. 140 episodes on The Foul Life. Um, Where the Payment Ends is our newest one. But you can find all those on the platforms. Instagram at The Foul Life TV, at This Life Ain't For Everybody. And we have uh, at Jargon Game Calls. And then we also have The Provider Life which people can find recipes. They can find uh, ways to buy our rubs. Um, and then we have direct messaging on all of that. Plus you can email us at all of our contact pages on our websites. Um, the TV show, uh, it's the outdoor channel exclusively where we could, uh, we're going to start airing season 13 of Benelli's the foul life on July 2nd of this year. And then the, my outdoor TV app, which is part of the sportsman's group outdoor channel and sportsman's channel. You can find the, the previous 12 seasons of the foul life plus the provider life, the, the, the new TV show that's going to launch on May 1st on the uh, digital app. Dude, that's awesome. Well, just a few places you can find Chad. <laughs> I love it. Hey, man, it's been so great having you on the podcast. I'd love to have you on back to, on, to have you back on down the road. I'm super excited for you, man. Thanks for making the time today. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.